Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here from Ausbiz. It is December the 6th. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Kyle Rotter. And uh, Kyle, end of, uh, the end of the day, yeah, a bit of a soggy one and probably no part due to what's happening at the RBA. Yeah, no, well, we had um, David Flanagan on from Curve Security. So we basically prefaced the whole show with saying that throughout the session, it might have been for that re- what caught, uh, drove the you know, little uptick that we saw in the market that you know, it was a sort of a 60-40 chance or something like that that they go 25. So the market had to sort of eventually bake in that extra, what would it be, five, 10 basis points, 10 basis points of hikes uh, that uh, they got priced out in the lead up to the meeting. So um, I guess that's, um, you know, the, the simple explanation, also a fairly weak lead from Wall Street overnight. So it might be interesting, I think, in the next few days, whether we'll see, sort of see this uh, nascent Santa rally run out and maybe, I don't know, the, the, what would you say, the wheels fall off the sleigh? Is that the, is that the right analogy? No, potentially all the rails or the sleigh, but yeah, uh, whatever. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I think we're still going to go and probably coast through. I just get the impression that people are switched off, uh, <laughs> just speaking across a whole bunch of you know, different you know, areas of finance that people are going to deal with. It's almost uniform that people are just saying, you know what, Scotty, like, no, I'm just down in tools. I'm sick of 2022. Uh, bring on 2023, all the challenges and everything else, but I'm just, yeah, can't be bothered for the rest of this year, which I find really amazing. Uh, given what we're talking about, including investment circles. But that is uh, some of the general uh, no conversation I've been having off camera over the past few weeks. But uh, I could, almost could hear collectively the, uh, the sigh of exasperation there uh, amongst the bulls out when the RBA statement said that it still expects to go and have to increase interest rates further, although it's not on a preset course. That was a little bit of a caveat there, an optionality about what it may or may not do moving forward. But uh, I think a lot of people are getting quite excited about the prospect for a policy pause coming through. But uh, we're not at that point yet, as the RBA keeps uh, hammering the point. Data dependent from here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I suppose that's the thing, optionality, right? They just, they've, and I mean, if, if you really think about it, it's, it's the way that central banking should be. Um, let, putting, putting the tools down for the year, I mean, they get two months off, good on them, but putting the tools down for the year, letting the data evolve and actually sort of playing uh, the, the ball uh, as it comes at them uh, when February actually rolls around and, and um, setting policy accordingly. So, I mean, it doesn't give us a, a great deal of certainty about the future, but you know, in principle, that's not what the central bank is, is, is there for. So there'll be a little bit more volatility, rates volatility perhaps, um, as we digest data print to data print. But I mean, they're, they're probably well and truly into contractionary territory now. Um, the markets are expecting that more or less the, the rate hikes will do their jobs. Um, it's, uh, it's 2023's issue from here on in. Yeah, I get the impression that relative to other central banks, the RBA is putting a much greater premium on economic and growth outcomes than others, which means to me that it doesn't require much to go and get them to go and pause. We see the data start to stop, and particularly in some of those labour market indicators uh, coming through, 
that will be very instructive. Now, you combine that at the same time that we see a, a clear turn in inflationary pressures, even if it remains above target, I think the RBA will go and pause. That's, uh, that's my two cents. It's the newsletter view as well today. I encourage you to go and have a listen and give me constructive feedback and criticism as well. I don't mind either way. Uh, look, outside of the RBA, you, you touch upon it as well at the other top. Pretty ugly session on Wall Street, albeit it has been very volatile as, uh, as usual this year. And uh, not a lot of volume again accompanying it. But uh, that ISM non-manufacturing PMI that came out, uh, I got asked by Nadine, what was my expectation about that ahead of the event? I said, you know what, no, all things being equal, the trend is that it should be slower, probably still expansionary, but not really shooting the lights out. And then Wooshka, 56 and a half. Uh, no one saw that coming, highest level in about a year. What did you make about that? Because it's, it's a soft survey, but it's been around for a long period of time and clearly a lot of people put weight behind it. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Chris Weston this morning he sort of suggested that markets were looking for an excuse to sell off. But I think what did it for me, at least what jumped out was that the employment sub-index moved back into expansion again. So it went from 49 last month to 51 or thereabouts this month. So, I mean, I guess what we've seen in the non-farm payroll sprint we saw it in the jolts numbers is that the u.s labor market still remains really really tight and if the concern is that okay you might see some of these supply pressures ease in the new year because of maybe baseline effects maybe some weakening demand across the globe as well uh, on, on on aggregate so you're talking food and energy uh, if the labor market remains tight and you have a uh, wage growth at 5.1 percent like we saw uh, in the non-farm payrolls numbers that's still at a level that the Fed is just not going to be comfortable with and it's, it's going to need to continue to, to push rates higher. So if there was one little detail that I could pull out that seemed to be you know, a, a way to rationalise that price action, it had to be that. And you do, like, I mean, you had the, the uh, Fed fund futures sort of implying a terminal rate above 5% again on, on balance after that, after that data point. So it seemed to, to mean something. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, and it does reinforce as well the different uh, no, policy mechanisms, how uh, monetary policy works in different, different jurisdictions at this point in time. We're talking about the RBA might be getting close to or at the end of the, of the policy tightening uh, cycle here. But in the States, it's a much more reliant upon tightening financial conditions and using the back end of the curve to go and tighten things up. And all we've seen over the past couple of months is that uh, the back end of the curve where a lot of you know, interest rate sensitive areas of the economy are priced off you know, has been going one-way traffic and, uh, and loosening financial conditions. So it really makes it a difficult job for the Fed. And uh, you know, showing up uh, potentially the way that monetary policy is conducted there is not as effective as other parts of the world. But we'll see what happens. But certainly that's uh, almost cemented, you'd imagine, a 50 basis point move uh, from the Fed come next week. They've got a couple of you know, big reads ahead of that, of course, including the inflation print the day before. But uh, it would have to be something absolutely ice cold, you'd imagine, to go and get them to go and deviate from that 50 basis point, which has been signaled to the markets. Look, uh, outside of uh, monetary policy and central banks, I've got to say, Kyle, there's not been a lot of news out there today. I don't know what it is about you no know, Tuesday in the RBA meeting or something has just happened, but the, uh, the calendar just went switched off. And there was almost nothing to go and look at when it came to corporate news stories today, which kind of left uh, the market to its own devices and a bit of rotation clearly underway given some of the other uh, big losers today were recent winners. But yeah, what, what do you put it down to? Is this the, uh, the start of the, uh, the great summer vacation in Australia? We're already done with, uh, with corporate news for the year? I think everyone, well, actually one thing someone told me a few weeks ago was that um, a lot of companies have, or a lot of individuals have accrued a lot of leave over the last couple of years because they haven't been able to take it. And obviously businesses don't have to pay that out of 
and uh, at the end of a, an employer's pro potential employment in just you know straight out cash or have it sit as a liability on their balance sheet so they force people to take it so apparently there's a lot of folks out there being taking you know more or less being um, forced to take leave uh, now and the other thing too is, is I mean who wouldn't want to go away over over this summer after the last few years that we've had and also if you're you know if you're you're managing money you're managing risk um, and you've probably if you're you know at least um, performing in line with market have um, lost money this year perhaps uh, 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 yeah again um, had a had a reasonably challenging year you probably check out and just um, uh, leave things for, for 2023 so every you know we're, we're already seeing it now in terms of guests very very difficult to, to, to pin people down because they they seem to be um, to, to be going away early and it's making making sort of I suppose for, for relatively quiet conditions yeah well we're not going to check out we're uh, we're going to be going the whole way through I'm not, no, going I'm hard as well to go Bring bring all the uh, bring all the, the the key news stories out there at the moment. Uh, one company that's been making uh, news is Warrego Energy. Of course, yeah, it's been the uh, subject of a bidding war for uh, for its particular assets there that it has uh, in its possession. And so we thought, well, given the uh, relatively light uh, news flow today, we'll go make it our stock of the day. So Koshi was back in the hot seat today, and uh, we went and sat down with our two guests, uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities and Mark Gardner from Macro, to get their views as to whether Warrego is worth a punt at these levels. Take a listen. 32 cents, you've missed the boat, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, if but, you're in it, hold it, obviously. Uh, yeah, if you're in it, hold it. I mean, we, we generally like to sell, particularly if it's at a premium, we like to sell half to stint. But with three takeover bids and, and a couple of you know, fairly well-funded billionaires having a crack at it, I, I can't say it not going through. Right. So... Um, if you wanted, uh, you know, if you wanted your cash back sooner rather than later, then thirty-two is probably not bad for half. Probably more leaning towards start to take some off the table at thirty-two. Um, so sort of almost go half, like Mark yeah. I mean, even just yeah, even just take half off because again, yeah. you know, the offer's not at thirty-two; it's at twenty-eight. Mm. Yeah. So they're going to have to deliver something higher than what you currently get on the market, and that's thirty-two. Yeah. And and at least by selling it on the market, you don't have to go through the drawn out process of waiting for those funds. You can get your funds now and move on to yeah, other opportunities. And there you have it. Yeah, interesting play. Uh, no, obviously a junior when it comes to the energy space, but it's getting a lot of interest, including from some pretty notable uh, Australian investors as well out there. At the moment, Hancock is uh, synonymous when it comes to the mining sector. So keep a close eye there. Look, uh, as for some of the great conversations, you mentioned you had a chat with Chris Weston today. I had a chat with David Lane from Ormanet up from sunny Brisbane. And uh, he came on and gave us uh, his thoughts about the other uh, market, particularly in the context after that big rally we've seen over the past couple of months. And uh, he says that uh, rather than uh, Christmas cheer and everything else, it could be time to go and trim some of the holdings. And uh, yeah, he came up with six names in particular that uh, looking at where the earnings estimates are relative to the market, odds is a bit, a bit coy on. And uh, gave us some and some pretty big names out there as well. And some that have run very, very hard recently. I won't give any more, more away than that, but certainly a good conversation. Any of the uh, great chats you had today, Kyle? I had stacks of them, actually. Got the hour of power at uh, 10 a.m., but I uh, can never go past Martin Crab in the uh, afternoons Tuesday. Um, so I had a great wrap with uh, the... 
uh, on the RBA about that monetary policy conditions going forward, the macroeconomic outlook, uh, investment strategy going into the end of the year, and also talked about elders, which is very interesting because we just had a report out from, I can't remember what the, uh, the, the, the body is called. Um, it's got a very long acronym, but just talking about the bumper crop that we're expecting next year. So a couple of interesting touch points there. I think it's ABARES is the ABARES, uh, that's right. A B A R E S. Yeah. Australian Bureau of Agriculture, yes. Resources, Economic Sciences, or something like that. Close enough. But uh, anyway, bumper crop uh, crop report next year. He reckons elders is deeply undervalued, so one to look at. There we go. Alex McCoolis uh, from Half of Bernays is also mm. on the program. It was very good. I encourage you to go and uh, and and listen and watch that video in the show notes. Uh, always good from a multi asset perspective is Alex. And also today, had a good chat with the. Uh, George Baburis from K2 Asset Management about uh, no, some growth-orientated companies that uh, might be worthwhile considering for your portfolio and, and this discussion about you know, potential for rate cuts and everything else coming through next year from central banks. I dare say that growth companies could potentially come back into the fold again. Uh, we'll see what uh, the future holds, of course. Look, uh, not much else to go and uh, cover off today. Carl, anything when it comes to the economic calendar that's, uh, that's worthwhile that uh, you have noted coming up? Mate, it's just I think the BOC in the next few days, so we'll see if they um, pull the trigger on another 50 or not. I think that's the expectation. But um, other than that, we're looking a little bit lean. Uh, conversations today did seem to centre around a lot, the fact that we have the, the Fed next week with the Bank of England and also that US CPI data. This is uh, a, a, an information passed on to me this morning by Chris Weston, but if you look at the, um, I suppose, implied vols in the market at the moment, that's, um, that CPI release seems to be what uh, traders are positioning for as being the, uh, the biggest risk event. So... Again, we'll get through the next couple of days, BOC uh, and what have you, but um, we'll all be looking towards that. Um, I guess really what will be the, the, the sort of climax or you know, uh, crescendo for the year, which will be the, the Fed and CPI. Yep, absolutely. Tomorrow, of course, we've got the National Council of Australia, Q3. It's, uh, it's ancient history, uh, but I uh, can give a few clues as to what may go and transpire moving forward. A lot of eyes will be on that uh, household savings ratio as well to see what's going with the flow of uh, disposable income, how much is still being diverted towards savings and how much is now being spent given cost of living pressures. That will be a key area of focus. And of course, now, what's the split when it comes to household consumption expenditure and uh, how much now is uh, spending on services side of the equation uh, returning to pre-pandemic norms. So some of the, the couple of things that I'll be paying pretty close to when it is released at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. Look, until then, mate, let's just go and call it a day. I'll see you for hump day on Wednesday. Sounds good, mate. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.